when I was like a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, my instructor was a really good wrestler, a good jiu-jitsu guy who, was, who had good wrestling. And uh, one day we were training and uh, I had lost a competition. I think I lost, to be truthful, I think I lost like a naga or something. And I was complaining, kind of venting like, man, I, you know, I can't get this going. I can't get that going. And he was like, he just straight looked at me in the eyes and went, if you can't, if you don't know how to wrestle, you're never going to win. And I'm like, he goes, you need to learn how to wrestle. He goes, all you do is play guard. And I was totally a guard player. Yeah. Denied like being on top, like being on bottom, looking yeah. at so many people. He's like, if you don't know how to learn how to wrestle, you're not going to win anything. And I'm like, at first I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, I mean, it's true. I don't know how to wrestle. Maybe I'm going to start learning how to wrestle, you know? Yeah. I would like to uh, open up with, it's probably one of the coolest guests that I've had so far. So I'm glad you were able to hop on. Thank you. Um, Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you very much, brother. So I know how I've been. I've been following you and seeing just it's crazy to see everything you, you put into your schedule and everything like that. So I know you did a seminar last night down in the city. You probably don't know how long you're gonna be out here. I've seen you, you were doing seminars in Ohio. It looked like a couple of days prior to this. Yeah, and uh, it's crazy. So do you, is there seasons of travel and then seasons of like, hey, we're gonna be home and we're gonna be focused? Yeah, there is. Um, it's usually seasons that uh, don't conflict with uh, competitions and things of that matter, you know? Yeah. So this is um, beginning of the year, um, probably close to the first four or five months of the year is, is generally slower for competitions. You know, if you look at all the big ones like, you know, ADCC Trials, ADCC Worlds, uh, you know, Nogi Worlds, PANS, they're all towards the end of the year. Yeah. So everything starts after June. Yeah. So, you know, the first, you know, quarter of the year trying to get in you know seminars and trips and and family stuff and I like doing these trips and bringing my whole family with me because even though it's work it's becomes fun you know you get yeah. to go places with 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 them and get to see cool you know experiences and and, and experience uh, other people's gyms and atmospheres yeah absolutely so very cool so I started uh as soon as we kind of got the yes from you I started looking doing a significant amount of research and I was uh playing around with myself. I've only been competing, or not competing, I've only been uh, practicing no-gi jiu-jitsu. I do a little bit of gi for, I'd say, about two years, roughly. My boss got me into it, well, my partner now, when I first started selling life insurance. He had mats in his office and uh, first started off showing me straight ankle locks, and I, I took it and showed all my buddies, and we didn't know what we were doing with them, and I didn't I didn't tap in one, so I tore my meniscus my like like my first year. So this was, this was probably three or four years ago, and so I took a year off, tried stem cells, tried different things like that. It didn't work, so I ended up taking the meniscus out. But the last last year, I trained real hard under Omar, and uh, then I trained with another guy, Gee-wise, Alex Siever, and a uh, lot, of, lot of fun stuff. But I started watching the, the Python trap and muffler submission and playing around with that. I actually got a guy, uh, one of my buddies, who's 230, 240, so he's got some weight on me, and I got him kind of with like, a, like that muffler, That's and he cool. tapped to it. So that was, that was really cool to put that into play. But... Um, now, I've, see, I've seen you use that because I was watching some of your matches from ADCC and, and just using that. Some of the higher level guys that you're competing with, they may not tap to that, but it, it's definitely, I think I was watching one of your instructionals or just on YouTube, you're like, it'll, it'll just get them to go frantic. Yeah, it, it, it just sets a panic. You know, it's, it's kind of like being waterboarded, right? Yeah. You're not, yeah. not going to not breathe. Yeah. But you start to understand that like, oh, I'm breathing, but I'm drowning a little bit here yes. in, my, you know, in this person's hand. Yes. So it's uh it's definitely a special move. 
Um, I, I started using it because I had a student that was really hard to tap from the back. And uh, I would try to rear naked choke him, and he just had just iron neck, and he would just hide his neck and chin down. So one day, um, I was just rolling with him, and I, you know, covered his mouth, and I was like, oh, this guy's panicking, you know? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I could use this. And then from there, I started using it, and then because I covered his mouth, and he would use his hands to kind of come up and remove my hands, I was like, all right, now I just got to isolate one of his hands yes. and then isolate another one with my hand yep and then eventually cover his mouth with the free hand and and you know and know and you can sense that he's going to panic you know the person's going to panic yeah sometimes they pretend that they're fine they yeah. like just sit still you know and then you just sit you sit still and you know and, the, and anybody's brain says all right i'm not breathing yeah I'm, i mean i am breathing but it's very little yes right and there's somebody on my back i got to move and yes. then they start to move and then the panic, the brain starts to set the panic in, you know? Yes. So it, um, you know, it, it started working out. And the first couple times I did it, I did it uh, in competition against a really high level guy. And uh, the internet just freaking blew up on it. They hated it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, after a while, you know, all the higher level athletes were like, oh, this works. Like, yes. I, I should be doing this, you know? Yeah. And then everybody started doing it. And now it's like kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I was watching, uh, Donahair was pointing out some things in regard to your style, and he was saying you're very good at raising the emotions in your opponents, but yourself staying calm. So when somebody gets really excited, emotional, angry, you know what I mean? Maybe, you know what I mean? They're just yeah. not, they're not happy with uh, your style or just the style of jiu-jitsu. How are you staying so calm? Uh, you know, like he stated the best, it's part of my strategy to kind of just, you know, get the person out of their comfort zone, get them. Yeah uncomfortable you know get yeah. them upset get them you know i'm not doing it to be rude or disrespectful to anybody but i'm trying to get them to it's a strategy to, yeah get them to, to start making mistakes make uh you know come out of their their uh, come out of their normal rhythm you know which you know emotions should not play a role in when you're fighting emotions don't exist when yeah. you're fighting you know if you if you're too excited you're gonna make a mistake if you're angry you're gonna make a mistake if you're you know, uh, too, you know, having too much fun, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. You should be even keel the whole time. And, and, uh, you know, I, when I start to kind of pick at people and get them to kind of start getting inside, you know, start getting inside their little shell, inside their head, usually they try to do something to piss me off. And I'm usually kind of smiling like, yeah, I'm not, there's nothing you could do to, to bother me, you know, because yeah. I mean? I'm, I know what I'm doing. And usually when somebody does that to me, it tells me, that they're catching that I'm caught on to the, what, you know, yeah. what I'm doing is working yes. because they're reacting to me now. They're not reacting to what they are doing. They're reacting to trying to make me feel some type of way that's going to bother me. And it's, it's not, that's not how it works. You know, it's, yeah. I'm the one that's doing it first. So yeah. if I know I'm started it, that means it's working. That means all I got to do is just keep, keep at it. And eventually yeah. they'll overcommit something and they'll make a mistake and then I can take advantage of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. At the highest level, you got to take, uh, any edge you can get, you know, and I feel like I've had that edge over a lot of these guys, uh, and most of the guys, you know, in in every weight class I've fought. Yeah, you know, it's like it's 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 such a little simple thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You got best match of ADCC 2022, so it was you versus Isaac Mitchell. Yep. Right. So what was what was that? So I watched the whole match. It was a crazy match, and I, I've been I've been uh, the the blast double. It's a blast double you do where you just push up and yeah, and go. And it's a it, that's a that's just a typical the wrestlers they push up on the elbows and then shoot in from the blast double. So did you wrestle prior to jujitsu? No, I didn't. I when I um 
when I was like a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, my instructor was a really good wrestler, a good jiu-jitsu guy who was who had good wrestling. And uh, one day we were training, and uh, I had lost a competition. I think I lost, to be truthful, I think I lost like a naga or something. And I was complaining, kind of venting, like, man, I, you know, I can't get this going, I can't get that going. And he was like, he just straight looked at me in the eyes and went, if you can't, if you don't know how to wrestle, you're never going to win. And I'm like, he goes, you need to learn how to wrestle. He goes, all you do is play guard. And I was totally a guard player. Yeah. Did not like being on top, like being on bottom, looking yeah. at so many people. He's like, if you don't know how to learn how to wrestle, you're not going to win anything. And I'm like, at first I was like, it doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, I mean, it's true. I don't know how to wrestle. Maybe I'm going to start learning how to wrestle, you know? Yeah. And I started applying, you know, wrestling every single day to my training. Like I would just show up. And I would grab people who were better wrestlers, and I would stand in front of them, and then they would just throw me around. And yep. after a while, I was kind of figuring out my way of, you know, defending myself and, you know, using it to counter. And now, one of the best wrestlers in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That blast double is nasty. Yeah. And the head placement, not getting guillotined, that's another issue. It's like I'm, I've just been trying to do hit foot sweeps instead of just trying to go. I wrestled a year in high school, so it's like I have a wrestling foundation. But I'll shoot in like on Omar's immediate either short choke, guillotine, or high elbow, and I'm like, he's good too. It's like the head placement, like straight straight in my chest, and I can't get a choke in there. So it's like it's crazy, especially at the high level where I know you guys are, you're gonna find those chokes, yeah. and you not get choked out. So I think that's something I, I kind of take notes on. Um, crazy record, 71 and 26 according to some of the things I was looking at. So obviously you probably have way more competitive matches. Um, it says uh, ADCC silver and bronze medalist making the podium in 2019 and 17, respectively. And 22. And 22, obviously. So yeah. uh, wrestling crazy. Black belt. So this is, I wanted to get into this. Black belt under Pablo Popovich. Yep. And so Pablo, he was Brazil, Brazilian, correct? Yep. Okay. And you're, did he nickname you? I, I got this. And correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Nickname, is it Sierra? Yeah, that, that was a nickname. Actually, Pablo was a... Um, couple years older than me and okay. uh, when I started jiu-jitsu his dad was the instructor of the gym okay and uh, eventually his dad retired and moved back to Brazil yeah and left him the gym and then he took forth the gym and you know most people don't know that but Pablo's dad was uh, you know a he's probably like a red belt now at this day I don't know if he's I haven't, I haven't seen him or spoken to him in many years and he just disappeared into Brazil somewhere but he he's uh he was the fun, you know, the guy who, who, who was instructor at, at the gym when I started, and when I came to jiu-jitsu, I was I was born in Brazil, and I moved here when I was like five years old. Yeah. So when I started jiu-jitsu, I had a terrible Portuguese vocabulary, but I spoke because you know my parents spoke at home, and yeah. I, I came here when I was young, and I went to school, you know, from yeah. kindergarten to high school, and. Uh, he was like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Rio. And he's like, no, 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 you're not from Rio. I'm from Rio. You sound like you're from the north. Like, you know, and in Brazil, just like anywhere in the United States, right? If yeah. you go to the north or you go to the south or you go yeah. to Cali, you go, hey, you go to Texas, you hear the accents yeah. of the people. Like, right, you got, I got on the, on the elevator today and I heard this guy from, I could tell he was from Texas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could hear it clear as day. Or yeah, yeah. somebody from the south, you can hear, you know, or, you know, like somebody from Alabama or something. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. accents are strong. So there's this part of Brazil that's called Ceará, and it's they yeah. have a strong, weird accent. Yeah. And he's like, that's where you're from. He goes, you speak funny and you got a big head. 
Yeah. And I was like, that's, I'm not from there. And if I could tell, I think he could tell when I, when he told me that it bothered me. Yeah. Cause I was like, no, no, I'm not from there. Like, like, like I felt insulted, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Um, and there was no insult to it. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not from there. He's like, oh yeah, that's who you are. And, and he would just call me that name every time I came to class. Yeah. Like he was like, he didn't know my name. He's like, Hey, Sarah, come here. And I'm like, guy keeps calling me this. yeah like, i have name. that in my notes it's yeah. named after a town of tough country folk <laughs> yeah. in brazil so i was like i want to bring that up yeah i'm not from there yeah but i got that nickname yes. and uh and he, i guess he, he also said it was eventually he said it was because he thought i was tough and i was like you know yeah. in the gym fighting everybody really hard yeah but honestly i remember the first time he said it to me and he really said it because of the way i spoke and uh, he said the size of my head which yes i was skinnier and and uh and my head was probably big. Yeah. yeah. When you're young, you got a big head, you know? He's I've skinny. always had a big head. I got yeah. a big head now. So, um, so Pablo, the lineage goes Pablo to Jorge, Pop mm -hmm. was his dad, and yeah. then it goes to Crowlin. Yep. And then to Carlos. Yep. Now, do you keep in your gym, like like 10th Planet Gems, you'll see like the no, lineage? I don't do that. Okay. I didn't know if I got, like, I, I don't do that. I, I know uh, a lot of jujitsu schools do that. Yeah. Um, I don't, um, I don't do that at all now. Okay. Um, 2001 to 2007 to get the black belt. So six six years, roughly. Mm -hmm. Am I right there? Yep. That's pretty fast, I feel like. <clears throat> and I took a year off in the middle of that. Okay. Because uh, was it Achilles? Was he the, fir was he the first, firstborn? So 2000? No, I have a daughter. Daughter a little older than him? Yeah. So jujitsu, gym, like walk us through the process of getting this. Like how are you juggling all these things? I was, that's, I, I literally had a speech about that last night because people were like, oh, you know, I'm like, man, I had two jobs um, for the longest. I always had two jobs. Yeah. Um, when I first started jiu-jitsu, I had a, a daytime job where I worked construction, and I worked in the middle of the night cleaning restaurants. Mm -hmm. And then I would go to jiu-jitsu after construction working. That's, I guess, one of the reasons why they, they thought I was tough, too, because yeah. I worked construction, and I'd show up to train, and most of the time I would look like I just got out of a work site and yes. just show up and train and train as yeah. hard as I can, and they'd be like, how the hell is this guy doing this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, 2006, I came back, but 2004, maybe close to 2005, I stopped for a year, hurt my knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I hurt my knee real bad where I probably couldn't do anything, probably had to have surgery, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I don't remember how it healed or what, if it healed because I eventually had knee surgery, but I um, took the time off and kind of like started working really hard and was like, just kind of got burnt off jujitsu because there was a lot of circumstances happening with life. Um, my wife had a full-time job. Um, uh, I was uh, juggling the kids because they were really young. Achilles was like, maybe one or two and my daughter was like five um so it was a lot on the plate and and I, I just took the time off and then I got fat I was like started to pay attention to myself I was like man I'm like weighing 200 pounds and I used to weigh 150 when yeah. I was doing jujitsu. you know when I was younger so it made sense yeah and then one day from one day to the next I stepped on a scale and I was like 205 pounds and I was like oh my god like looking down I could see a gut yeah I'm like I'm not <laughs> I'm not looking good this is not good yeah so I was like, all right, I'm going to come back to jiu-jitsu. And uh, I showed up, and uh, I was a purple belt at the time. And I showed up, and within within a couple months, they promoted me. Because I just came back, and I remember coming back, and I was basically just beating everybody in the gym. Yeah. And um, 
but the the years before that, I had competed so much. I had put so much competition experience. Because um, like a two months into training, um, the team, the, my team where I trained, they were they were going to go to a, a Naga. It was actually the first Naga I think ever to have, first Naga to ever exist in Miami. Okay. And uh, I showed up and I competed and I won, and I had been training for two months and people were like, "Whoa, this guy's really good!" Like, you know, got some like, you know, skills, you know. And um, after that, I just competed every month. I was just competing, competing, competing. Just showed up competition. And I felt like the competitions was the reason why I was evolving fast. Because I would show up, I would compete, I would watch. I would not only compete, but I would watch everybody else compete. You know, just kind yeah. of step back and watch, 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 watch. And uh, I gained a lot of knowledge through those years of competition. And when I took that year off and I came back, I felt like I came back, but I really wasn't... I didn't miss anything. I feel like I just rested for a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I came back and I was just beating all the purple belts and brown belts and black belts in the gym, just beating everybody down. Just, yeah. Just, and I was heavy. Yeah. So I feel like I was skinny and I was good. And then when I came back, I was really heavy. So I feel like it made me even better. I don't know. It just yeah. gave me like this confidence that I didn't have. And then I got promoted to brown belt. And then that same year, um, I went to uh, Gee Worlds and I placed. Um, and then I went to... The Nogi Pans, that was the first year they ever had Nogi Pans, and I won. And then I got my black belt um, in 2000, at the end of 2007. And uh, I started competing again, and I just started winning a bunch of stuff at black belt. And uh, the instructor at the time was like, hey, man, you should uh, you should consider maybe opening a school, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, at the time, I was like, this sounds crazy, you know? Like, I am meant to teach, you know what I mean? I don't know how to teach, and yeah. I had no experience in teaching. And uh, I started doing like little private classes with people and everybody I did a private class with was just like, man, you're an amazing teacher. You're a really good teacher. You're a really good teacher. And I'm like, all right, maybe maybe I am meant to be doing this teaching stuff, right? So yeah. the, since Pablo had asked me and I'm like, all right, you know, if you show me how to run this business, I'll do it, you know? So I ran the business and uh, started to, you know, continue to work during the day because I had to survive. So yeah. I had to have a, my regular day job, my construction job. Yeah. And then at night, I was uh, teaching classes, you know, and basically through all those years that I, you know, maintained two works, you know, two jobs, it was just, you know, tenacity. Just like I knew I wanted to be, you know, doing something better with myself. And I knew I had to level up for my family, you know, yeah. having young kids and having all these responsibilities. I, I knew I didn't, it didn't, it was... It was easy, you know. It didn't feel hard. Yeah. It just felt right, you know what I mean? Yeah. I also had really good examples at home. My dad and my mom were very, very, very hard hustlers. They both came from Brazil to the United States and grinded for many years, and, and they, they did some good things for themselves. So I, I at-home-examples were just spewing, you know. So it was much easier to kind of go, all right, I know what I need to do. You know, it's yeah. not like it, this is impossible. I've seen it done already, you know. Yeah. So it, uh, you know, just kind of all worked out. Yeah. You know? And then, so when do you start your school in that process? In 2008, I started. 2008? In 2008, I opened the open doors. That was like April, March of 2008. And so when, when, what year were you able to just pretty much go all in on your school and not need any other jobs? In 2011, <laughs> it's funny you say I didn't. In 2011, I, um, Started taking fighting, uh, MMA fighting, much you were more. In the serious. UFC, yeah. If I got in the UFC, yes. I did Bellator, I did Strike Force, 
Um, I did all the major events that uh, existed in the era that I was in. Yeah. I um. 2011, I got in the UFC. It was right after I got in the UFC that I was able to kind of like, you know, take a step back. Um, it wasn't because of the money of the UFC, but it was I was able to get sponsors. I was able to get, you know, uh, the fights consistently. I was able yeah. to, to make a little more money. And I wanted to take it 100% serious. So I took training to fight in the UFC, like as if it was a job, and teaching as if it was a job, like separating, trying to separate the two as much as possible. Yeah. You know, it was still very hard. One, because I, I, I lacked knowledge that I didn't uh, acquire through, you know, being part of a big team or being part of other people's, you, yeah. know, you know. I didn't have that support system of knowledge that I needed to be the most successful uh, MMA fighter I could have been. But I did it. You know, I did the, my best version of it, you know. And yeah. and that's when I stopped basically working construction and yeah. when started to... But before that, I was still, I took like seven professional fights. I flew to like Peru. Yeah. I fought like four or five fights on short notice. You know, my first six fights, I fought four or five of them on short notice. Like a week out, somebody's like, hey, you want to fight? I'm like, yeah. I'll go. You know, like people yeah. are like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. They're like, think I'm crazy and I'll go out there and win. Yeah. You know? One of the fights I took in, in Peru was like a, like 10 days out. They were like, hey, there's a guy in Peru who's really good. They're doing a big show out there. Would you want to come out and fight? I'm like, I'll go. And uh, and then they like the guy like I feel like he was trying to convince me not to go. He's like explained everything like <laughs> you know like you're you sure yeah. you want to do this. I'm like yeah. I'm like, are you you do you want me to go or do you not want me to go? Which yeah. one is it? He's like, no, I want you to go. I said I said I'll go then. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, all right, this guy's crazy, you know like yeah yeah. And then I got there and the guy's like the same guy. He's like, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, I'm gonna submit that guy in a minute. And yeah. he's like. How are you going to do that? I said, I'm going to go there. I'm going to punch him in the face once, and I'm going to take him down, and I'm going to submit him. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And then I did it, and I remember he became like my biggest fan. He's like, yeah. bro, you were you were crazy. You yeah. told me you were going to do exactly that, and you did it. And I said, I told you I was going to do it. Yeah, that's, that's what I came here for. It's dope. So, yeah, I just once I got that uh, opportunity to fight in the UFC, um, and I made a little bit of money with sponsors and, 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 uh, and, and the fight purses and stuff, um, and I had life-changing money, but, you know, money that I had never seen in my life before. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, made, like, 20 grand, and I was like, wow, $20,000, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. it's money that never existed before, yes. especially when you come from, from nothing, from, you know? From humble beginnings, absolutely, yeah. bro. So, you know, money like that, I was able to kind of, like, start playing with it and putting it in the right places and, 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 and changing, uh, you know, the patterns of, That's crazy. of our lives, you know? That's crazy. So, and I kind of analyze it this way. It's like you start training in 2001, and all of those skills contribute to your business. And then you're essentially fully 100% off that business 2011. I try to, being an insurance, I've been 100% commission since I was 18 years old. So I try to explain to the people that get into the insurance industry, it's like, it's not going to be overnight that you're you know, successful. You know what I mean? It's going to take years of dedication. And I, I look at it, I compare it a lot to like jujitsu. It's like your first year, you're just getting tapped out by everybody. So you're not making a bunch of money. You know what I mean? Your second year you're starting to learn kind of the positioning and fundamentals. You might catch some white belts and yep. last with them. So you're making a decent amount of money. But as the years go by, you start to make a, a good living. You know what I mean? All the industries and all the successful people I've met, it's all really similar. I kind of, you can almost relate it to jujitsu. It's like a 10-year a process before you're like fully independent. It's funny how jujitsu could be related to everything. So it's crazy. Yeah, it, there's so much uh, things you can just kind of bounce off. And be like It's kind of like jujitsu there. It's kind of like jujitsu. Yes. Jujitsu is, is special. It's, it's crazy. So 
getting into your subs, I was studying your subs. Your your most subs are rear naked chokes. So that's based off of what we got here. Seven rear naked chokes. Uh, obviously, way more. It's 42 subs, what I've got here from what I was studying, but it definitely has to be more. Uh, seven rear naked chokes, five arm bars, four triangle short chokes. Recently, though, I was looking at you hit toe holds 2022 against Egan O'Flanagan. Uh-huh. So that was ADCC. And then Brian Peterson, uh, Nogi. And I don't know if there was anything more recent than that. But the toe, the toe holds look like, so are you starting to play more of a leg game here I've, recently? I've, um, you know, like I said, when I started jiu-jitsu, <clears throat> um, I started in a different time. And uh, people, I tell people all the time, I, I started jiu-jitsu in a gym where the person who was the head of the gym was focused on ADCC alone. And, the, and we're talking 2002, you know, around, around that era, right there, 2001, 2002. And, <coughs> excuse me, um, there was a lot of leg locking in, in the, inside our gym. You know, there was a lot of no-gi leg locking. Yeah. You know, and not necessarily heel hooks, but, you know, a lot of straight foot locks, a lot of toe holds, knee bars, things of that manner. There was heel hooks, of course, but it wasn't like, I feel like it wasn't educational like it is today, right? Yeah. Where you have all these systems that you can kind of run and process through, you know? Yeah. But there was a lot of leg locks done. So I've always been kind of good at leg locks. And um, the toe hold is nothing special to my game. But it's kind of like fits in right in a little crescent where I'm kind of like usually crushing somebody and I'm trying to pass their guard and they're shoving their knee shield between them and I. And I kind of I'll grab it and just rip it, you know. I, I think I I think I project it too much when I reach back for it because usually that knee will drop and then I can either pass yeah. or I got the toe hold. Or I could roll through and try to That's take exactly it back. That's exactly how I do it. I just kind of put my hand on the foot and I use it to kind of like yeah. almost like I'm Toriano passing to the left, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like addressing the foot and I let him know like, hey, I'm holding this foot. Yeah. I'm going to pass your guard or you're going to put this leg between you and I and I'm going to toe hold you there. Yes. You know? And usually the toe hold sits because they, they don't want to let me pass. You yeah. Know? Um, in training, most of my training partners know I hit it really well. So every time I put my hand on the foot, they, they drop the knee and I'll, yeah. I'll pass. You know, but the guys um, in competition, you know, it happens to happen. And yeah. it's funny, it happened twice this year and, uh, and uh, I was able to do it. So it's, it's kind of a move that I'm bringing back. What are your thoughts on Nicky Rod hit that toe hold on Gordon? And yeah. it looked... It looked from fifty fifty. Right? Yeah, that yeah. looked solid. Yeah, it was good. You so, could tell it hurt. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I just I guess at that high level are you just are you just eating those? It's like for the I'm just gonna eat it. I think though, you know, there's so much history in the, in that match that it, you know and there's so much going on on the line for both of them that I, I don't think the a regular submission is gonna tap uh, They gotta go to it, one's they, gotta go to sleep. One's gotta be you know, I honestly believe anything that has joints involved People can eat, you know. They yeah. get, they'll get hurt. You'll get hurt. Yeah. You know, I, I hurt my foot at ADCC. You get hurt, you know. You keep it moving. Yeah. You know, you recover a couple months, and you go back and do it again, you know. <laughs> yeah. When you get somebody's neck, you know, that's why I like red naked chokes. Yeah. You can't lie. Yeah, no. You can't You can't, You can't. can't fake that. That was an EBI rule set because it was more of a crank. And when I was watching the highlights, uh, Nicky Rod had on Gordon because it was, it, he was more on the jock because, right, they, you start from the back. You have yeah, the he didn't have it quite there. I think he was he was – Getting in, I mean, if this was that was a regular round match, maybe he, if he had plenty of open time, yeah, maybe he could have finished it. But I don't think he was going to get it. I yeah. think I think Gordon was clearly aware of where he was and uh, what he was doing. 
And plus, those guys have so much experience with each other that yeah. I'm sure he's. It was not the first time he's been in that position with him, you know. I've ro- I, even just training two years and rolling consistently with some people over a couple months. It's like you learn each other's game. I can't imagine spending years with somebody. Yeah, and, and especially at those guys at the, the level that they're in and the knowledge that they have uh, acquired already. There's no way um, they know. They don't know. They know everything about each other. You know every movement. You yes. can feel the person. You know. Yeah. Like you said, you train with somebody for a couple months, you figure them out. Yeah. Imagine a person who's elite at the highest level yes. and all they do is this they live this. You yes. Know? And and they are, you know, been years on the mat together. You yes. Know? It's it's very hard to kind of get something going. Are you excited to see with all the money that's starting to flood into jujitsu, what that's gonna look like over the next like five, ten years? I think it's great. You know, I think it's a it's a good thing for the new the new uh, generations coming in behind, um, but I still feel like it's so far from where it needs to be. Yeah, you know, it uh, jujitsu is still a hobby sport. You know, yeah, most professional athletes are not making a living off of yeah competitions. They're making a living off of something su- you know that subs in. You know, like either teaching seminars or DVDs or you know uh, everything but competitions. You know? Yeah, there is. Very few, like this weekend, you know, Midwest Finishers, Omar's tournament is a huge tournament. Yeah. It's a big one. You know what I mean? Like if you win this one, you know, there's a possibility the athlete that wins today, the the absolute could be ranked, let's just say, right? Yes. But it's paying 1200 bucks. Yeah. What do you do with $1,200? You get here and get back to wherever you came <laughs> from. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. How, how is that changing your life? You and know? and that's crazy because you'll put your joints on the line. For, I'd be thinking about that. I'm like, because I'll go and watch. Like, dude, they're they're gonna rip that foot off for the potential of twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, the potential of twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 still a baby sport. It, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. You know, I mean, when I started jujitsu, there wasn't even any of these opportunities. It's very cool. It's evolved a lot. But you know, even even ADCC, you know, biggest tournament in the world. The guy who wins. The weight class makes ten grand. How's that changing your life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's insane. I thought it was more. I thought it was it's like 30, grand. 40, 50. It's ten grand. So it's I, more mainly sponsorships and at that level and then gyms and then the uh even the sponsorships. What are you gonna sponsor? How, yeah. how do you get your money back? And then the BJJ. It's more, it's more donations, right? Yes. Than it is sponsorships. What about off of uh BJJ Fanatics? BJJ Fanatics is one of the better avenues that people make a living off of. You know, they uh, they do a great job, but it, the market's flooded. Yeah, you know, if you're, like not, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not, you know, the the guy, yeah, the guys, you know, you know, if you're not that name, that yeah, your credible source, you know, like you got to be, you know, somebody who's got authority. Yes, right? if you're just a regular guy, that's a good black belt that has won some things. And you make a BJJ Fanatics DVD, the chance of you making a living off that is very small. Yeah, small. You know, a guy like Gordon, you know, John Dan, I heard those guys are making livings because they, they have the the authority and the hype behind them. You know. Yeah. And there's others, you know, like I know Mika does well, very well too. And yeah. So there's there's you know if if you look at the top of the food chain, they're gonna make they're gonna make a living, you know. But yeah. Otherwise. Now was Mika seventeen in ADCC? I think it was 19. Okay, because you have to be 18. Because it looks no, like... You don't, have to be, you don't have to be 18. You could be 15. In ADCC. You show up. You could sign up at 15, I believe, and, and compete. Wow. Because I got it here. He was the youngest athlete to receive a black belt 
is is Nico. Yeah, he got he got his black belt uh, before before his 18th birthday, I believe, or yeah. he got it on his 18th. But it's yeah, he got it under the 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 set rules for the IBJJF. Okay. Um, organi- uh, you know, organi- I guess organization or yeah. no, federation. Okay. That's the word. Okay. So will will your son try to uh, compete in ADCC? Yeah, he did. He did the trials. The trials. How'd that go? He did the trials uh, t- a year ago, two years ago. I don't, I don't even know how long it's been now. He did the trials, the last trials, and uh, he was 15 years old. When wow. He did it. Yeah. He did really good. He got um, the two American trials. He got to day two of both trials. He got in the top 16. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah, that's you insane. Know? Yeah, not many athletes did that. You know, yeah. he, he beat several black belts on his way up. Um, he did. He lacked, you know, maturity, I think. You know, I think he lacked uh, physicality as well. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason why he didn't he didn't get to the finals, even though I think he could have won. You know, he it just he's still kind of learning, you know. Yeah. He's still a young kid. But um, in the last year since those trials, he's gotten so much better because of those experiences. Yeah. And uh, I cannot not see him winning the next trials yes i cannot not see it like yeah he's, he's he's evolved so much that i'm like man there's no way this kid doesn't show up he, he would have to show up and not have you know a, a good day you know maybe something you know tragically you know but yeah he'll i can't i can't see it you know he's just become such a freak um through the trials experiences and also going to adcc it's himself and and witnessing me compete i think it kind of like it drew a fire in him because you yeah. know, he, and like, man, this is my dad. This is the guy I train with all the time. We're like close to the same size now, and like, yeah, we're rolling together. I was hard. Kind of big. I was like, he's, he's a, really a big, big kid. He's a big kid. He's he's bigger than I am. When I say kind of the same size, he, he he's past me already. He's yeah, tall. <laughs> I was gonna say he's he, this is a tall, he's, big kid. He's six one. He's taller than me, and he he weighs almost as much as I do. He's a couple pounds shy of my weight. Yeah, but because he's so tall, he looks bigger. You know yes. what I mean? Um, yeah, he's. Uh, He's extremely gifted, you know. Um, I had a good, also good. Uh, we had a good round with my my, my daughter. She um, got second at the trials. So I was going to ask, does anybody else in the family compete? Do you yeah. have just two two kids? Yep. Okay. I got her. She's a, a black belt, and she had a couple good years as well. And wow, she uh, won. Um, she won uh, the. Ugh, sorry. She won the opportunity to. She was the first uh, replacement for the weight division for the women uh, coming up to the ADCC. So she was there. She got flown out by yeah. like as if she was gonna. She was an alternate basically. Okay. Yeah. Because she got uh, second and third and uh, in, uh, in the two trials uh, for the U.S. and she lost to the same girl. Wow. You know, she lost to the same girl twice. Yeah. So which was really cool, and uh, and the girl who she lost to. Uh, became runner-up in the event, in the main event, which shows how good the girl is and, and, yeah. and the level that Jasmine's at as well. And, uh, you know, it's it's cool, man. These kids are crazy killers. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, you know, they, they like I said, I guess, I, I said it earlier about my parents, you know, they see the examples at home, you know, and, and I know my children see the examples that me and my wife set. And I see that uh, it's it's paying off in their characters, in their personalities, and, yeah. and their work ethics. You know, I know, and I, and sometimes you know, parents are always critical of their kids. That, you know, you're never gonna get the same version of you through your children, but sometimes you just gotta look at it and, and look at their version 
and know that it's a good version of yeah. the, you know of what's coming you know absolutely how do you how do you balance cuz i'll hear some coaches say or just jujitsu in general like uh, i'm coaching i can't compete but you look like you compete a lot and coach a lot so is that just like a mindset like i'm going to do both and i don't and, yeah, you, and I you're don't, competing and winning it's I not have, like you're competing and just like going out there and no i've been trying to figure that out as well <laughs> it's one of those things that I, i'm doing two things at once again yeah. and i don't even know how i'm doing it you know what i mean um i feel like it's i love what i do and i am always involved in uh in my training i i'm i'm a scatterbrain in most of my life everything else i'm kind of like oh, all over the place but when I'm on the mat and I'm in a room and people are training near me, around me, or with me, I'm very aware of what's happening. I could be training with you and I'm looking at somebody else watching them train and kind of like analyzing what they're doing, you know? And um, and I also have my students all recording their training so I can kind of like sit back with them and talk to them what they're doing that they should be doing differently, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because this way, it's as a coach, you want to sit there and watch them, right? You want to be like kind of like all eyes on them. But if there's... 10 different people in the room that you want to be all eyes on, how can you be all eyes on everybody, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So I have a principle with my students. I'm like, everybody needs to bring tripods. Everybody needs to be recording their own training. And you need to have questions. If you don't have questions, you're not going to get better. You need yeah. to get, you have, you got to have questions. If you don't have questions, how are you going to get better? How are you going to evolve? How are you going to s- step to the next level if you don't know what you're doing that's right or wrong, you know? Yeah. Even if you just show me and say, hey, what do you think about this? This is my round, you know? Like, I do that with my kids a lot. Excuse me. Both um, my daughter and my son, uh, you know, sit down and talk to them about their training and their evolution and uh, and, uh, and the things that they're doing that works and the things that they, they need to change, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Now, my next question is, in, in the years to come or just in, in future competitions, who, who do you think has an opportunity to dethrone Gordon? Uh I mean, right now or in the next five to ten years? Because, I mean, Gordon eventually is going to get old. Exactly. And we don't know what his motivation will continue to be like, you know? Like, he's... I feel like Gordon got to this point in his life um, because he's very, very good at what he does. And he's also been trying to prove everybody wrong. Is he like how he portrays himself on social media? Is he like that in person behind the scenes too, or is he like a little more? I've had very small interactions with him. Okay, um, but he's always been very kind and, and genuine with me on in person. Okay, but on the internet he acts like a, a douche sometimes. Yeah, the you internet know, I, he I, seems he's, crazy. He's done some douchey things to me on the internet, and I I respect him. I think he's a great guy, but in person he's always been really cool and kind of funny and. Um, for example, like oh, last week, my daughter was in Austin. She went to yeah. to, to to their gym, trained with yeah, him, yeah, yeah. went Saw to that. his house. Yep, and he was super kind to her and yep. him and his uh, girlfriend or wife Natalia. They were super nice and genuine yes. to him. So sometimes I think it's a persona. You know, I yes. think he's kind of doing it just to kind of pick pick at people and get them upset. Yeah. Um. But I think that was the reason why he might do that is just to get people riled up to be. So he can create drive that the money. that drive in yeah. himself too, you know. Drive the money and drive in himself. I think yeah. he feeds off of people disliking him. Yes, I think he feeds off of like you know what, 
I want you to not like me so I have a reason to beat you. <laughs> yes. But if you like me, right, and everybody approves of me, what's the reason I'm going to do this for, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a, a thought process that I've had. And I'm like, I mean, that might be the reason why he does it, you know? Because I know for a fact he's gotten to this point because he wanted to prove every hater that hated on him many years ago wrong. And because before he was Gordon... He was this person yeah. on the internet, and people were like, who is this guy? This guy's nobody. He hasn't won anything, and he's over here talking about this, that, the other, and he's going to do this, that, the other. And guess what? He did this, that, the other. Yeah. And now what What are they going to say now? You know, what, what is there to say now? Yeah, exactly. What can you say now? You can't say nothing. You just got to be like, all right, he's right. He's yeah. He is the best, you know? So I don't know. I don't know what um, – we don't know what Gordon will be like in five years, you know? I don't know what his motivation uh, pertains to be, you know? Right now he's still got, you know – Felipe Pena is still a, a motivation for him, you know, because he's a, a guy who beat him a couple times. This last match was, you know, he, you know, people can use that. Oh, he was upset about the Leandro Lowe situation. You know, I get it. You know, like yeah. this could be used, you know, as as an argument. Um, but you know, for now, it's still he's still relevant enough that it's it's a, it's another threat to his you know throne. So in five, six years, you know, some athletes will emerge. Some yeah. new stars will come out, you know, and I think that will be, you know, he won't be, maybe he will be, maybe people will be like, oh, you know, he's getting older. Now this new generation is coming. You know, you never know. You don't know what people are going to do and say, yeah. you know, to motivate him. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and what's, what's crazy is like, when did Achilles start training? Achilles started training at four. four. And so it's like, now you got, you got, you got kids that'll be. 24 years old with 20 years of training. Yep. So it's like, and, and that'll be, that, that's right around the corner. You know what I mean? So Gordon will probably still be competing. And, you, and it's not just Achilles. There's, there's some kids out there coming. You got Mika, you got Colabate, and, and some kids. Yeah, I don't think anybody that's under, under 6'1 can beat Gordon. <laughs> yeah, you got to have some size. So the, uh, Mika's definitely small. I don't know how big Cole is. Tiny. Tiny. Yeah, he's a, they're they're both smaller guys. The Rotolo brothers. They, now they one of them did really well against Felipe. Ty, Ty is kind of bigger, but yeah. he's not that big. You know, he's one maybe, of them was talking maybe, some sauce to yeah, Gordon. Though. Yeah, Ty. He's he's maybe six foot tall. You know, he's you know I think six. Anything I honestly believe anything below six one is small for for him because he's huge. When you stand next to him, you kind of understand. I faced him uh, the last match and. Uh, I can tell you, he's he's too big when he gets on top, and he spreads his wings wide. Yeah, and you can't move him. And if you can't move him, yeah, you just drown underneath him. You know. Yeah. So I feel like anybody who has to fight him has to have size. That's why Felipe is still a, a really good candidate to 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 beat him because he actually has the same size, and he has the skills, and he has the the yeah. the, the experience, and he has you know the you know. Still has enough tools to, to kind of, you know, be able to kind of fight Gordon toe-to-toe, you know? Yeah. But I do think Gordon's better than him, and I do think Gordon will win, you know? Um, but it's it's definitely a, a, be- a closer fight, you know what I mean? Yes. I think anybody who, who needs to beat Gordon needs to be this, the appropriate size, you know? Yeah. Because otherwise, it's going to be a very hard day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one, I, f- I feel like even, like, for myself, like, even a higher level belt that's like I'm 185, 190. If they're like 150, 160, I'm gonna last a little longer in comparison to a 
to a high level belt that's closer to my probably, size. You also probably smush a guy that's 150. Maybe not in the first minute or two. Yeah. But like get into the fourth, fifth minute of a round and you start laying on them and they, they, yeah. they just drown underneath you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same thing when you get a guy who's 6'3 or 6'4 and you're six foot tall. You know, there's four inches. Yes. It's 5'9 against 5'5. Five, five, yeah. You know, six foot versus a guy who's 5'5. Five, five, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's, bro, you're. Yeah, it's like you can't. What are you gonna do with that? You know, absolutely. Like it's, it's just towering over somebody. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess in the future plans for yourself, what does that look like for your for your family for the business? Staying in Miami, you guys are in Miami, right? We're in Broward County, which is right on the crisp of Miami. It's okay. basically Fort Lauderdale. Okay. You know? Yep. So it uh, the plans is to continue to 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 build, man. To continue to build the uh, build the legacy. Um, of uh, of the gym, you know, build students, build representatives, build athletes, you know, continue to inspire others to 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 grow in the jujitsu, you know, and uh, and to make uh, future superstars, you know. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm on that path right now. You know, there's a, I have a couple guys, you know, I have a, I have a couple students that are, you know, I have three students in particular that. One is, you know, of course, my son Achilles, uh, and then two others that are, you know, six three and six four, that are very young and very good. Yeah. And those those are the, the the next generation that we were talking about. How many of those are coming up that can actually do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, hopefully, we can I can build that that army that uh, rivals yes. you know, the, the 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 top of the food chain. You know. Yes. So. And then. I guess if you, as we wrap up, if, if you had to leave like three, three like characteristics, not money, if you could instill like three values, characteristics or certain things into your children, what, what would those three things be to make sure they had a good life, a successful life? Um, man, it's, it's so cliche, those, those, uh, uh, those values, you know, but it's so cliche, but people don't do it. You know what I mean? You know? The principles of you know integrity, you know honor, you know honoring, you know, you know honoring the, those who you know like your parents. You know sometimes people, you know, end up having fallen outs with their parents and stop talking to them. And yeah, you know, those integrities of you know telling the truth. You know how often is telling the truth, um, sir? You know just kind of like pass by. You know what I mean? People tell little white lies all the time. Yeah, you know it could be something small as. You know, exaggerating. You know, it doesn't seem like a lie, but you exaggerate. You're lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like when you when you can just kind of find, you know, the way to to just keep true uh, integrities and principles, principles that that have been, you know, doing that have been right for over two thousand years. You know what I mean? Principles that you know, I would say it's biblical, uh, you know, truths. You know. Yeah. So it's. Uh, those are to me the the most important things, you know. And I and I, nobody's perfect, you know. I struggle with them. Everybody struggles with them, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, exaggerating is one. You know, yeah. it's like a little exaggerate just a little bit about something, and you're yeah. like, man, you, I just lied. Yes. You know what I mean? You yeah, lied too far. You know? Yeah. Instead of being, you know, truthful about it, just saying the truth. You know, this is the truth. You know, and I feel like people don't do that enough, and uh, they they lack in uh, in the in the most important uh, you know characteristics. Of uh, of being a good person, you know, yeah. just honor, integrity, telling the truth, you know, honoring 
you know the ones that that need to be honored in your life and uh and uh i think those those things go far let's go so as we close out what are some things you want to shout out where can people find you i am primarily on instagram um I use Instagram uh, pretty strong um, as my platform. Um, Wagner Rocha, uh, BJJ, <laughs> uh, BJJ, yeah, Wagner Rocha, BJJ. I also started a uh, YouTube page. Yeah, I uh, subbed the other day. About R- my rolling family. with Rochas. Rolling with the Rochas. Yes. Yeah, me and my family have been vlogging our yeah. trips. I like that. Our training. Yes. And all the things that we do. Um, might be in our vlog here today. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I, so the B team has a good vlog going. And then so I was like, that's pretty solid. They're doing that. Nobody else is doing that. And then you guys started one. And it, it still feels organic and genuine. It's like it's your it's your own style of vlog. And, and it's cool to see different styles of roles, too, uh-huh. because everybody's got. So it's cool now to kind of get a peep into your guys' gym and see how you guys roll and see. And when watching your son, and I'm like, one, I was like, that, that kid is big. <laughs> That's because there's a there's a there's a kid in our school. He's uh, 15 at 10th Planet Lombard. No, actually, he might be 16 or so. His name is Jaden, and he he's pretty good. Um, but he's I, I don't know what one what kids are eating now because I feel like I like I just got bigger. You know, I'm 24 years old. And I I graduated at 140. You know what I mean? Five yeah, Achilles, five eight Achilles, five nine. Achilles was in sixth grade, and he was 160. Yeah. See, I'm like he's, in, he's always been really he's been always been. Ex- ex- and it wasn't like he was 160 fat. He was just just thick, you know, yeah. just a thick boned kid, you know, and yeah. tall. Yeah. So he's he's just different. He's but probably um, never bullied. Huh? I said probably never bullied. Somebody uh, bullied. You're gonna get reunited. Yeah. He's been he's been choking people out since he was four. He's he's always been. Uh, he's a boy, you know. Boys yes. are they want they want to test themselves, you know. Yeah. He's always trying to find somebody to fight, and usually it's adults. He's usually trying to fight adults. Yeah. I bet know? none of his friends mess with him. No, no. All the kids, all the kids he he knows are half his size. You know. Yeah. Like scrawny little fifteen-year-olds, you know. Yes. So, no, yeah, he's always trying to pick with adults fights and like. There's videos on. We got videos on our page uh, of him uh, like like a couple years ago uh, sparring with Gilbert Burns. I don't know if you know who oh, Gilbert yes. Burns. Is. Like, yes, yes, I've seen. So you guys so, are like friends because I see him. He's at your gym like all the time. Yeah, I help him with all his uh, his training for the UFC fights that he does. So, <laughs> That's insane. He's one of my good friends, good training partners. So uh, he was sparring with Gilbert Burns. Yeah, his sparring, like just slapping each other, like combat jujitsu. Yeah, and I, and he was like 13 years old, and bro, Gilbert was lighting him up, and he was lighting Gilbert back, like like open hand slap to the face, and I'm like, these guys are so crazy. Yes, but uh, he's just always been a little savage, you know. He's just not scared of anything or anyone, and yeah. just just step up. You know? Where's the name? Well, huh? I said he wears the name well. Oh, he does. That's literally yeah. my favorite movie. When I saw that, I was like, this is this no, is it, awesome. It, yeah, when we saw that name, my wife and I were like. That's what we're gonna name our our first boy. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, I, I'm, I was all about it, and then yes. you know, it just fit him, and he's he pulls up on it. He knows. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, again, this is uh, probably my favorite episode that that I've done uh, off the podcast. I'm very grateful that you were Thank able you. to make it out here. Uh, see, you, I'll see you later at the event too. Yes, so I'll sir. probably pop out there and check out everything, and uh, you know, blessings to you and your family, brother. Thank you so much, you as well. Thank, Thank you, you guys uh, for watching and. Yes. Uh, Let's go. Let's go. Peace.